you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Press. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel and Dennis Dick. Got a lot going on today. We've, of course, got more earnings. Delta Airlines, Make America, Wells Fargo, Citigroup. We're going to talk about Apple. We haven't t- really talked about like the iPhone for a hot second here on this show, but we're going to talk about Apple because there was a report last night from Bloomberg that Apple is increasing their production. And why would they do that if they didn't see strong demand for the latest iPhone? So we'll talk about that. The iPhone suppliers are moving on that headline today. Uh, our guest today, I'm very, very excited for. Ryan Craver will join the show. Uh, he is from Commerce Canal, and I do have his segment queued up from two and a half years ago when he told us he liked stamps.com below a hundred. Um, he liked it all the way down and it came all the way back and uh, give him credit where credit was due. Cause he was right on that. So we'll get Ryan's thoughts on that. Ryan's also a, a retail guy. So we'll ask him about the whole retail sector. I, I have thoughts cause I, I very, very much want to like buy puts on like all these mall based retailers because their charts look to me a bit ridiculous. But what do I know? We'll ask Ryan about that at eight thirty five. Go ahead and drop us a like if you can. I guess if there's a story of the of these markets, it's just buy the the same Fang stocks, right? Because you look at the uh, <laughs> you know the, the mega cap tech stocks were all up. Spies up this morning. You can look at the queues, which are which are still going right. Look, I mean, just continued strength there. Uh, even Bitcoin's up this morning, which is interesting actually. Um, you know, haven't haven't been able to say that too much in the last couple of weeks. But Bitcoin is up this morning. Oil down a little bit. Um, gold gold is what I, gold's not even on my screen. I don't even look at gold anymore. Uh, Dennis, good morning. How are you? How are you doing? What's going on? What's going on? So we got we got a lot to get to today. We got a lot mm. to talk about. Lots, um, on, the, lots yeah. on, the, on the agenda here. Oh yeah, and I didn't even mention Alibaba and Tencent. We'll talk about that as well because there's a headline there. Big uh, moving Baba. Moving Baba here. Uh, you want to start with. Apple, you want to start with earnings? Delta. I know you're not. You have some thoughts on Delta Airlines. So, so <laughs> well, okay. What, what, it doesn't matter. We're, go to Delta. Sure, we can go to Delta. Okay. Uh, let me 
hop over into my newsfeed here and look, pull up the Delta Airlines uh, numbers for this morning. There they are. Uh, Q2 EPS, uh, they lost $1.07 per share, which is above the $1.40 loss estimate. Sales of 6.3 for 6.2 billion dollars. They expect Q3 sales um, to to be to uh, be wait to decrease 30 to 35 percent. I don't uh, okay. Um, Q2 traffic was down 47 percent. Uh, their load factor was at 69 percent. Uh, from the press release, the CEO said, "I'll read directly from it." Uh, uh, business, uh, I'm sorry. Um, wait, uh, domestic leisure travel was fully recovered to 2019 levels, and there are encouraging signs of improvement in business and international travel. Now, I know so, he, was, he was on TV saying a little bit more than that, but that's what the press release said. Yeah, the CEO was just on CNBC. It was a good interview, um, and I believe him on the leisure side of it. I mean, we knew leisure travel is going to come back. It was always business travel. That is the big question mark. But what he said was his sources or his customers are indicating that 95% of people of the business traveler are going to be back in the office by the end of the year. I do not believe that number. I think that is overly optimistic. I don't even think it's close to 95%. One, you know, just I actually was one of these people. I worked in a trading office for 15 years. I moved the operation to, to home, um, you know, six or seven years ago. And I've traded from home ever since. Yeah. And I would never go back. One, I saved, you know, so much time because I was traveling an hour there, hour back. You know, right. think about the commuter time, all that. It's just so much easier. Now, again, I'm a trader, so it's easy for me to do. But there's a lot of business, you know, that can be done online. You know, whether it's through Zoom or whether it's through, I, I, I just don't see it going back to 95% of people going back to the office. I think you're going to fight it. Um, I had a couple of tweets. I just tweeted out those comments and some interesting tweets. Um, this appears to be somebody, I don't know this person, but Daniel tweeted at me um, and it, he appears he, uh, uh, that he works at Lockheed Martin. He said, tell him Lockheed Martin is not one of them. We have more than 50% of us working from home and our business travel still is at most 10% of what it was. Now, again, this is just from somebody on Twitter. Um, yeah. I don't know you know, if it's a credible source or not, but Daniel, thank you for reaching out. Um, said most of us are only going to the office one day a week. I mean, there is obviously going to be, you know, that, and there's going to be some in between. There's going to be a lot of people that do go back to the office, but 95%, do you, do you believe, Spencer, that 95% it, of... It seems awfully optimistic. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's not impossible, but it does seem awfully optimistic, especially by the end of the year. The end of the year is five months away, right? Five and a half months away. Yeah, that's not that far. The, the Twitter commentary could run the show here. Jim Greco, who I know well, um, and he just got a new job. Congratulations, Jim, if you're listening. Uh, Jim, hard to see it. He says every salesperson I know, uh, I uh, every salesperson I know thinks this is much more pro- a productive way to work. Airlines are going to have to adjust to greater shades of leisure travels, travelers in business first. I mean, this is true. Like first class is you know where the airlines make a ton of money. There's not a lot of leisure travelers that buy a first-class ticket. It's business travel that buys a first-class ticket. Um, I know when I was with the CFA Institute, they would fly you first class. Um, and, you know, because I, 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 I worked on their uh, Capital Markets Policy Council for uh, six years. And they, they would fly you first class because they were volunteer on that council. The, the, le- the, the ticket, you know, when we were going across to Europe, the first-class ticket was $5,000. 
the and then obviously in coach was a thousand dollars so i mean is a big difference there we know first class is where they make a ton of money i don't think there's a lot of leisure travelers buying first class tickets there is some but it's the business traveler that really you know always bought a lot of first class tickets and if you're losing some of that business travel you know some of that first class money it's a significant issue so delta ceo on cnbc he has a job to spin it positively Sure. I mean, he can't go and say, though, business travel is not coming back. I mean, he's got to try to spend it positively. Um, so, you know, he said what he's probably got to say. I just don't think it's going to come anywhere close to being 95%. I, I, I'm i a little bit uh, on the side. Like, like you think it, it's totally unreasonable. I think it's at least in the realm of possibility, but it is it is awfully optimistic. Um, 95% seems high. Yeah, I saw some numbers in chat saying more like 40, 50, 60. I, I could certainly see. Oh, half. I could see I, half. I could see 75% yeah. coming back, 80%. Um, on the pre-pre-market show, me and Mitch put it 60 to 70. I think six. I think two-thirds of it comes back. I think a third of it is gone forever. Because, yeah. one, it saves corporations a lot of money, not traveling people and you know, obviously office space and Mitch was making the point of insurance, but, you know, just even for meetings, I mean, okay, let's say you go to the office, but how many, you know, in-person meetings are going to be virtual now? Half? Probably. Way more efficient to, you know, meet like this. Like, think about this show that we do. Me and you haven't been in the same spot in years, but it's like we're sitting right next to each other. It's pretty damn efficient. Yeah. And you save a ton of money, you know, not, you know, going and having and you know you know the studio and built up i mean there's just so many changes that have happened that aren't transitory so that's basically what the the delta ceo he's trying to feed us that you know the business travel that you know work from home is transitory yeah and anecdotally it is not anecdotally so our office is in the same building as the quick and loans head, uh, headquarters and quit the quick our building like i've been coming in all this most of most of all, all this time right mostly um but our building has been empty, more or less, right? Like ninety-five percent empty, with the exception of a couple, like, some people in our office and some yeah. places. But that's changing now. The, our building is finally coming. Like this week, starting to come finally alive. coming back online. A parking garage ha- has never been this busy in, in in a year and a half, right? And yeah. there, there are signs saying like "Welcome back, everyone." And so I don't. Well, that's good. I, I I don't know what their policy is. Is if they're making people come in every day or not every day? I have no idea. I don't work for that company, but um um. It's interesting now to finally see people coming back, at least like in into our building, which I've been waiting for, and it's it now it's happening this week. Of all, um, so that's interesting. But anyway, Delta, uh, and the numbers were okay. I mean, the numbers are what they are. Uh, it's sort of impossible to get clarity here. Uh, the stock is trading higher in the pre market session this morning. What I want to see now is now now we wait. For the peers, right now we wait for American. Now we wait for United. Uh, United. Now we wait for Southwest. Now we see what they say. Um, how rosy are their projections? They're and- always rosy to a certain extent. You rarely see a CEO come on CNBC and say it sucks. <laughs> you know, we we don't see a you know. So they've got a job to be overly optimistic. But I mean, you look at the Delta share price, and it is depressed from where it was even three months ago. And that's maybe due to the Delta variant. Maybe that's due to, you know, concerns about leisure travel. He's saying it's back to higher. But the business traveler is where the big bulk of the money came from. And I'm not sure it all comes all the way back. So is there really this argument that, oh, we should be buying Delta all the way back up to where it was prior to COVID, prior to lockdown, prior to where everybody worked in the office in 2020? I don't, I think that ship has sailed. So 
I wouldn't want to be buying the stock up at $60 and saying, yeah, it's going to be better than it ever was, because I don't think it's the case. I think the airlines do have to adapt, like Jim was saying on Twitter. I think it's that there's these are permanent changes here. And that's not good. There's one industry that really gets hit hard with that, and that is the airlines. You know, you think about like other leisure, you know, you think about the hotels. Hotel travel gets hit a little bit because you don't have the business traveler that's going in for meetings. But I mean, there's still, it's the off, it's, 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 you know, casinos are okay because casinos are casinos and that's all leisure to, to yeah. for the most part. But airlines, what, some of this is not transitory. What was and that's the, stat, the concern. What was the stat that you had, you know, how full a plane needs to be for them to make money off? To, to, it's, it, 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 it was given to us from different airlines, the capacity, the load factor. It's right. different per airline. Okay. It usually ranges 60 to 70. So they're, they're okay. burning cash if they're not 70% full. Yeah. So on, a, on every single flight. So if that flight's half full, they're losing money on that flight. And I mean, there's been a lot of flights that have been half full. I, I believe that anyways. And obviously, that's why the airlines are struggling to get back to profitability. But is it reasonable to think they're going to get to two-thirds capacity and full flights again? Oh, yeah, I think so. But there could be less flights. So that means less money. That means it's not going to be as good as it once was. I think the best years are behind, unless there's some major changes, which I can't even envision. I don't see how the airlines get back to the profits they were making in 2019. I don't see the easy path there. Eventually, maybe just growth overall and the, you know, the overall economy takes it there. But it's going to be tough to get back to where they were in 2019. Especially when you zoom out and, and look, oh, hey, the stock is actually you know, right, right where it was right before COVID. Right, yeah. <laughs> right before COVID. Not, not, uh, not the high, but like a month before COVID you know, got to the U.S. This is where Delta Airlines was, right there. Yeah. Well, so in that sense, we have come almost all the way back. And if you look, think about it in terms of... Oh, the- no, go further back. That's not on Delta. Bring it up. Oh, okay, okay. I, no, but, I, but I, I'm referring to... All right, you're, you're right, you're right. I see yeah, that. we were like 60. I, I, I don't know what I was looking at. I was looking at the wrong chart. Yeah. Uh, or the wrong time frame. We haven't got all the way back, but we've yeah. gotten a lot of it back, Spencer. And I that's think, the I, argument is like, were we too... Uh, not saying we, but were, you know, uh, the, the market too optimistic on the yeah. recovery for airlines? I kind of think that's the case. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, being corrected there, we obviously have not come all the way back, but um, and people are saying in the chat they're flying on full flights, but there's probably not as many flights. I would I would assume there's less is. flights. I don't have that statistics in front of me, but I would assume there's less flights because what happens is if you got ten flights going across the country and they're only half full, you're going to send five now to fill them up. So even though your flights are full, so they're not losing money on those specific flights. Yeah. They're in all likelihood not flying as many planes, so they're not getting as much revenue. You, you know so, what they're doing? They're doing less non-stop flights, Dennis. So I've a noticed, lot of stop flights. I, I've noticed. Is there that. less of that too? I've noticed that because I've I've bo- I've booked a few flights and I and uh, I've flown and I've I have a couple flights that are booked right now and it it's harder than it used to be to find non-stop flights from here. That's to, what it is. Here to like New York or whatever. Um, it is it is harder. Uh, so they what they use they use their AI to tell them like hey so we're gonna do like two stops versus one stop so that we can grab some more people on this plane and fill this bad boy up yeah yeah I mean it, it would be insane for them to keep the same amount of flights though and just fly them all at half capacity so you know more multiple people now saying the flights are full of course they're full why would they just because they're knocking the flights down if you have you know. If your demand is half of what it was and you have 10 planes, basic math, if you have 10 planes flying across the country, you knock it down to five. Well, if your demand's still at half, those five planes are full. 
So that's what I think is the case. I think you're probably not seeing, you're seeing less nonstop. You're probably seeing less stops too. You're just probably seeing less options overall. They're probably flying less. There's probably less planes in the sky. And we know that because they laid off a pile of pilots. I mean, think about what happened. Did those jobs all come back? Are all those pilots back at their jobs? I'm not 100% sure of that. Remember in COVID, it was like they were laying off a ton. They were they were supposed to lay off a ton of pilots. Yeah, I thought there was a pilot shortage. Maybe that was before COVID. Uh, in any regard here. Uh, anyway. I, I, we, we can see by the bottom line is they're not back to where they were. And yeah. The argument is, are they going to get... The, the question is, are they going to get back to the profitability they were in 2019? And if so, when is that? I'm arguing that it's going to be a long, long time to get back there. And that's maybe why I don't want to own the airlines. If you're looking at pure reopening place, and they're oversold here, so maybe there is a bounce factor. I mean, maybe you can bounce here, and but maybe there's better reopening plays out there. Like I've said, I've liked the casinos. I mean, you know, you get those, right. those stocks all seem to be moving together, but maybe there's eventually some separation there. If I wanted to pick and choose, I'd rather own a casino than a, or, you know, a hotel chain or, um, you know, maybe something else other than an airline. If sure. I was playing a pure reopening play, yeah. that's just my opinion. But uh, again, the reopening trade has been hammered. So there's some of these stocks are cheap. I mean, Penn Gaming has been cut in half. PENN was $140, which was maybe overdone back in March. It's 70 bucks here now. I sold the majority of my position. I have a little piece. I sold it at a loss because I didn't like the trade. I don't like them breaking down to new lows. I believe I have a small piece left. Um, but there, there, there's a lot of reopening trades that have been hammered. So you don't just have to go pick on the airlines. There's other, if you're looking for stocks on the cheap, I mean, you know, we've looked at when, when, when goes down every day. WYNN is $111 here. Now it was 140 when we all thought we were going into the roaring 20s immediately, and that hasn't happened. So there's a lot of reopening stocks that are cheap right now, well, if, when, you, if you believe in the reopening. Anything going down for a few years, but uh, point still stands. All, all right. these stocks, yeah, that, and that's yeah. a good point too. I mean, when, what's when? Go out to the all-time high and win. I mean, we are yeah. decades removed from that. So if yeah. you keep going, 250 back in 2014, not decades, but yeah. 250, we're, we're, we're seven years removed from the all-time high. Yeah. So And it's half of what it was. So is there you know, a play and win? Kramer says he buys it every day in his charitable trust. So uh, yeah, I, I kind of I like the win down here, but it's ugly, ugly trend. It hasn't stopped going down yet. If I was going to buy win resorts, I would lean now on the 109.92. I'm always leaning on lows. Keep leaning on lows, although with Las Vegas Sands, I didn't do that. But, you know, it's the same setup. I mean, these stocks are all moving together. Penn right. Gaming as well. I would lean on the recent low, 68.82, if you're trying to pick the bottom here. And to sum up the conversation, if you're going for the reopen play, there are probably sexier plays than Delta Airlines is, is, is the point there. Uh, let's, let's move on to Apple. Just uh, easier plays, I would say. Okay, that too. Apple, <laughs> there was a report from Bloomberg uh, overnight that Apple is increasing their production on their iPhone. Uh, they're aiming to build as many as 90 million iPhones this year, which would be a 20% year-over-year increase. Uh, so watching uh, – let's fix this chart. So uh, watching – there aren't many uh, – um, uh, companies that are on the Asian uh, supply chain that trade in the U.S. The Taiwan Semi is the big one, but in the, uh, as far as the U.S. supply chain, you've got companies like C- uh, Cirrus, C-R-U-S, right? You've got companies like um, Corvo, Q-R-V-O, right? You've got uh, Skyworks Solutions, S-W-K-S. You've got uh, Lumentum, right? L-I-T-E. Yeah. 
Um, these are you got Broadcom, AVGO, which they also had some merger news that's not happening now. Um, those are all companies that are that are potentially affected by this, and they are all trading higher this morning. In addition to Apple. Yeah, Apple ripping two new all-time highs again. Full disclosure, it's still one of the biggest positions and keeps getting bigger in my long-term portfolio. $148 here this morning. Um, yeah, so yeah, QRVO, I had the whole list going to SWKS, Cirrus, AVGO, Qualcomm, you could put in there, LITE. All those stocks are ripping here this morning, so keep an eye on all the Apple suppliers. They're all hot. What is the headline? So they're ramping up production on the uh, yeah, next iPhone? Ramping up production on the next iPhone. They're going to increase their production by 20%. You also had JP Morgan adding it to their focus list and yeah. making it one of their top ideas. So, I mean, I don't know where JP Morgan was a month ago and this thing was 125 bucks, but they like it at 148 We know analysts chase price, and that's the case here too. 150 on Apple is the logical next stopping point. Let's go look at the book. Um, we do have the NASDAQ book. We don't have New York book on this, obviously, because it's not New York stock. Uh, where's my book? Anyways, okay, well, 150 is the next logical stopping point. One, you'll have a lot of optionality there, meaning there's probably a lot of open interest at the 150 strike. So I would think that's a natural stopping point for it. Mm. Um, you know, if you're a short-term trader, it's probably going to struggle to get through there. Does it get through there next week? Does it get through here this week? I mean, enough volume can push it through anything, but 150 is going to be big. Yeah. Okay. I mean, th- there's nothing but clear skies ahead. So why not? Why not focus on a round number like that, right? I mean, that's what you got to do. So yeah. once you get to all-time highs, you go to the next whole number yeah. because there is resistance at these numbers because of the open interest. People will be long the 150 calls if we go and look. And I don't have it in front of me. Too lazy to go bring it up, but I can guarantee you on the weeklies, there's just always open interest on sure. Apple. So what typically happens is those 150 call buyers you know um become sellers of natural sellers of the stock as it starts to get up there you know from a hedging perspective there so you know it breaks out 151 they're bucking the money so you know they could sell the stock against the call and lock in a buck i mean that's just what happens really when you're looking at it and the puts are there too so you take it the other way too so whenever you get big open interest at a strike we talk about pin action the natural market making mechanics can push it to that price or around that price so 150 is the next logical stopping point. Then you'd like to probably look at 155. But I would say this week, I mean, we're two days left in the week plus today. You have 148. It's a big move. Unless it really gives it the gas, the volume really ramps up. 150 is going to be the next logical stopping point, you know, but it can take it out. Like I said, enough volume, it can take any level out. Options, pin, you know, option, you know, open interest. If you get volume high enough, doesn't matter on anything. I mean, we saw right. that with AMC. Volume starts ramping up. They can blow through levels. Jow uh, says there's 127,000 calls for the 150. Uh, and I don't know what that looks like relative, yeah. but 127,000 calls, you know, you think about that, that you're, t- you're, you're talking 12 million shares. Right. Like, that, that's big. So, you know, obviously got other two zeros. So, I mean, it's a lot of, of, of potential 12 million shares worth, you know, of, of open interest. If that number's right, I didn't look it up. Just taking yeah, that from a, from a listener. I didn't look, didn't look it up out there. Uh, speaking of China, let's talk Alibaba here for a second here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's bounced, and uh, I was inclined to say, oh, it looks like it looks a little bit technical in nature, but there is actually a headline here overnight. Uh, Tencent and Alibaba, which are the two. I don't want to say monopolies, but they are definitely the two largest tech companies in Asia. Uh, and they are considering, I think it was Bloomberg that reported this, considering opening up their ecosystems uh, and 
basically trying to work together. And I, I guess the equivalent would be like if Amazon and Apple were like, yeah, let's like work together on some more stuff. That would be the, the U.S. equivalent um, of this. So this is seen as bullish because they're the two biggest players and theoretically they can help each other. And it would, in theory at least, help them grow with the government down their necks, right? Uh or down their throats, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. So that's what what's moving Alibaba here this morning. Actually, all of China here this morning. It's a nice move up for Alibaba. If you're buying it now, you're definitely well, not, nothing's definite, but you are on. You are chasing, chasing, chasing. There's no doubt you're chasing. The stock four days ago was 198 bucks. I kind of looked at it when it was consolidating in 203, 204, but it's just such an ugly downtrend. There's just easier trades out there. Nice rip and rally, though. So congratulations to those who were you know, calling the bottom. I had multiple people tweet at me when it was 203, 204. Do you like it? And I'm like, eh, well, you got that low to lean on, but it's an ugly trend. Anyways, come all the way back. But now it's like this straight-up rally, similar to what we saw at the end of June. You know I played it from the 213 up to the 230. This is a similar move. So I think now is the time, if you're looking... 220 is going to be massive resistance, I would think, here, uh, just because that's where you had support back in April. We say old support can become new resistance. You're four bucks away from there, so you got probably got room possibly up to 220, but the risk-reward doesn't set up well here at 216 now. You know, you got three, yeah. four points maybe left on the table with a potential, you know, pull back to the, where we were just two days ago, 203. So at this point in time, if you're not in it, I think you missed it, and you wait for a pullback. You've got 221 is where that double bottom was for those two candles. So yeah, 220, 221, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I mean it's up 20 points in four days. That's 10 percent yeah. move in four days. I don't make a lot of money on a stock as big as Alibaba. This isn't like some small speculative stock that's going to run 50 percent. So if you're chasing stuff, you know, big mega caps that move up 10 percent in four days, it's tough game. And again, what Dennis is saying, this is for this is for a trade. I don't think Dennis has changed his mind long term on Alibaba. I still own some shares in the Alibaba long term. Yeah, I own the whole time. I've had them in there for probably five years. I'm still up in it, but it's been ugly. Yeah, you know, I was I was you know over doubled my money, and we know I sold a piece of it back when um, we didn't know where Jack Ma was at two thirty five. Yeah, so I, I locked in a lot of my profits back, or a lot of my original cost basis back when I sold two thirty five, and I was like, I let the rest ride a bit. So I want some exposure. I have very little exposure to China. Yeah, um, for obvious reasons, I've been concerned about it for a while, but I do have some emerging markets funds, and I do have Alibaba. It's the only, I think it's the only Chinese stock that I own directly. Is Alibaba, although I do have some emerging markets funds, with, which obviously have some exposure. You own it, and you hate that you own it. Let's kind move. of. I've kind of hated it for a while here now. But I do. The stock's cheap, you know. And they say Karen Feinerman's on CNBC all the time. Tim Seymour on CNBC. We know Tim, uh, great guy. He's been on our show multiple times too. Um, you know, they, they're right. It's cheap. We've said this. We've argued this for Alibaba for a while. It's cheap. It's just the unknowns. But maybe with this, you know, Wall Street Journal headline here, they're going to work with Tencent. We know Tencent's kind of still in seems appears to be in good with the government. Maybe you know it becomes more attractive. I like Alibaba on pullbacks. Okay, uh, uh, six um, bucks for now <laughs> until it breaks down again. Uh, let's talk about the yeah, banks, for, banks for a second here. We got Bank America, City, Wells Fargo all out this morning. Uh, Bank America beat and uh, beat on the bottom line, missed on the top line. Wells Fargo beat on both. Citigroup beat on both. So pull up the Bank America. I don't know who's moving the most right now. They're probably all moving the same. Bank America was hit pretty good yeah. on it. City and Wells Fargo, I believe, are both slightly in the green. I mean, you had Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan, which oh, yeah. reported darn good reports, and they just hit the stocks on them. Talk about those, yeah. 
Yeah, like the Goldman report was phenomenal. We talked about that, but we were concerned. I'm like, it's just not rallying on the good report. And, you know, here you are two days later, and it's down five bucks from where it reported explosive numbers. So I don't know if the numbers matter as much as, you know, one TLT, yeah. which we know when the TLT goes down, that's good for the banks. TLT had a weaker day yesterday. Banks were trying to hold up. We had some weak earnings as well. Um, you've got that. That's the number one always with the banks is the TLT. But two, it's like, I don't know. They're cheap on valuation. They've always been cheap on valuation. You know, they've been cheap for a long time on valuation. Is the growth there? It, it, do you want some bank exposure? Sure, maybe some. But it's not something that I'm going to go overweight in anytime soon because you know why? It just hasn't made a lot of money. When you look at these long-term charts, which we did yesterday, the yeah. banks, yeah, JP Morgan has been pretty good in the short term. And, and overall, Goldman Sachs has been pretty good. But really, you know, Citigroup is, you know, just a fraction of what, what it was back in 2007, 2008, down over 85% from the highs. I mean, it's tough. Um, these are tough. They just haven't been great long-term investments. So maybe this is going to be the time of the banking. But again, we've argued with crypto. You know, there's a lot of people who aren't even a believer in financial institutions at this time. They're mm -hmm. you know, a believer in crypto. I don't see the catalyst to keep driving the banks higher unless the TLT absolutely collapses. And, and you've got like like new age banks like like SoFi, which which is going to be a bank one day, right? You got companies like that, you know, you, you got to consider as well. Um, which for disclosure and long okay uh it is 8 uh 30 just about here we're gonna have ryan craver join us in a couple of minutes oh dennis i forgot to ask you yesterday did you get my email mm, i don't even know if i checked email yesterday <laughs> you know, what it was, was it no no it was from two days ago um, i i knew you wouldn't i, I <laughs> i'm I brutal with email I, I sorry knew you wouldn't. i knew you wouldn't uh you should check your email though you, i should you have an email from me okay i'll yeah. check it do you want me to check I, it right yeah. now? Is it important? It I, on the show? I don't know if it's is a it public? public. Is it public? Like, I mean, is it is it good for public eyes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fine for public I'm going to my email and trying to find it. I get so much, like, stuff from everything. I don't know. Yeah. Well, actually, my there's a chance my email, like, because of where it came from, could be marked as spam. Oh, it could it be my junk folder. It didn't come from me, per se. Uh-oh. Um, but... I never check my junk folder. Like, zero. Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't even like I don't even know how to get in my junk folder, but yeah, well, no, there's, do, there's, but... there's a little surprise in there for you. It, it, it's safe. It's safe for working on that. Everybody stuff. wants to know now, so that's why I'm trying to find it. Okay, I got to search by your name. Actually, believe it or not, my email. Um, let somebody I, I don't know if my name will even come up. I'm not sure my name will. Good come stuff. Up. Is that it? Good stuff. There was a there was an email from you on July. 12th that's a long time that's that other ago. email let's stuff. keep that one on low wait 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 two days, <laughs> wait, two days ago that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about monday it, there's one that said good stuff okay. i mean those are links oh so that wasn't it either i can't find it spencer are you sure you sent this to me it's got to be my junk folder i bet it's i, I hope I, I hope i thought we're wasting everybody's time i hope i'm the right person if not that'll be i don't even think i got it and i don't think uh, there's anything i'm looking at my junk folder now I don't see anything. You, you anything there from, yeah, you have anything from Tim Hortons? How about that? Oh no, Tim Hortons. Okay, you got to reset. Did you send it to the wrong person? You sent somebody a gift card to the wrong person. <laughs> Damn it! Did you send it to the wrong person? <laughs> I don't know. I copied your email from my email. Maybe I copied it wrong. Oh my gosh! Somebody's eating a dozen donuts on your buck and my buck. <laughs> this is your, not good news. Donuts. Someone's eating your donuts. <laughs> Somebody's eating my donuts. Ah! Um, I don't see it for real. Okay, I'm scared now. I'm literally just ruined my day if somebody got my dozen donuts. Ah! Uh, well, I'll, you know, this I'll, was for I'll, the AMC I'll, bet. 
I'll look into this after the show. Uh, okay, it's a good segue into AMC. We will look into this after the show. Apparently, yeah. Spencer has paid me my dozen donuts in the form of a Tim Hortons gift card, which I do not see in my email. Scary. I have AMC. Been. Down a buck. So I won that bat. You know. Yeah. You know, it, it, cr- down after hours, too. D- like Critical top, level. Yeah. Critical level. It's trying to claw its way back. So 38.76, 38.70. You do have a double bottom in place. We were through that in the pre-market, but not in the regular session yet. Can AMC get back up over 38.70 and hold that level? If it does not, there is nothing in there until 30. Not saying it's going straight down there, but there's no levels of support really in here. We had this ridiculous run from 10 to to 40 in like six trading sessions back at the end of May. We always say what goes up quickly can go down quickly. It's critical that AMC holds this level. That's just pure technical basis. I know there's some conspiracies out there that people are intentionally driving this price down. I believe none of that. I believe the whole reason what I'm going to say is AMC, GameStop are storied stocks. The only reason these stocks are trading where they are is because of the story. There's no valuation that makes sense on AMC. So you don't have your your, your you know institutional fund saying I'm going to load up AMC because I believe it's you know worth you know whatever the heck the market cap is now. I mean when you when uh, there was a great tweet to me last night, um, some, or not to me, but it was I found it on Twitter and I retweeted it. Um, AMC, let's just go find it. Actually, I'll go to my profile. You're probably quicker going to my profile than me. I don't know, what we're but for. it was from it was from. I want to get the person right. It was oh. from Endless Capital. Okay. AMC had 104 million shares issued on June 30th, 2020. So that's how many shares were outstanding. Yeah. AMC now has 501 million shares issued. That means there's five times more shares out there. What that means is the person who owned. 200 or, or who owned a thousand shares of AMC back in June 30 still owns a thousand shares, but they own only 20% of what they own relative to what the company is worth. So they've been diluted by 80% because of all the more shares that have come out there. It's just natural. Di- that's the dilution effect when you issue more shares. The price also went up 10 times since June 30th. So this means AMC is actually trading 50 times what it was worth one year ago. 50 times. So one year ago, is AMC really worth one that much more, 50 times more? Now, there's no value investor that's going to come in, very few value investors that are going to crunch numbers like a CFA and say, no. yeah, I can come up with numbers. We know a lot of analysts. No one, is doing out, that. no one is doing that. We've even had analysts throw out coverage of this. Yeah. So, so the conspiracy theory is that people are naturally knocking it down. There's no support from fundamental buyers. So when you have you know a storied stock, it can carry a long ways. But if you don't have the the support from fundamental buyers, it's created now a gap. So story can continue to stay hot and keep the stock up. If the story starts to cool off, what happens is the stock price naturally comes in. These fundamental buyers aren't coming up. They're not saying, oh no, I believe it's worth forty dollars now, unless something fundamentally changes with the company. They're still down here with their valuations. There's this gap of no willing buyers in this gap. That's what you're filling right now. You're slowly filling up this gap. You probably have fundamental buyers five to ten bucks because that's you know where you know and and maybe not even with the dilution effects, but you know it's hard to make the case that AMC is is worth the market cap that they're currently giving it. So the story has carried the stock. If that story cools off, stock naturally comes in. We see this again and again and again. This is not just an AMC thing. You know we saw this with Tilray. Story's yeah. hot. Fundamentals don't matter. Stories start to cool off. 
fundamentals start to matter. The story goes starts to continues to cool off. The story gets hot again, stock will take off. But if the story continues to cool off, which it kind of is doing, that's the natural price coming in. The so that's why I've been. The argument is that they're gonna the shorts are gonna be forced to cover, which will drive which will drive. I don't There's know. There's not that many people short the stock though, yeah, so that's never been a, you know what is the float? You know, short interest like nineteen percent. It's been yeah, pretty, and we've looked at this. It hasn't really been growing. It's just kind of been there. It's just the same. You know, you take any stock. There's always some short interest, and what's to say a lot of those shorts weren't hedged in the first place? So it, it's it's just it's yeah. not a good argument to say, oh, yeah, it's going to drive higher because the shorts are covering. This thing doesn't have 100% short interest, and they're all scrambling like the case of GME, you know, when they were scrambling over each other. This isn't as high of a short interest. The borrow has been relatively easy on the street. So yeah. I don't buy that argument, and I don't buy the stock because the fundamental value isn't there. I would buy the stock if the chart, if the momentum was there and the story wasn't cooling off, but the momentum is now broken and the story has cooled off. So it's a bad recipe. That's why I said when the stock was $54 and I made the bet, I said, if I owned AMC, I'd be selling it because I think there's going to be a rough road ahead. The stock's down 30% since I said that two weeks ago and I just got paid donuts because of Spencer Israel. So sorry, AMC bulls. I'm just giving you, you know, I want to try to save people money here. I think the stock could go a hell of a lot lower. I don't know the path to get there. But I think when we look at AMC a year from now, I think it's a hell of a lot lower. And I'm sorry to say that. That's just my opinion. Okay. All right. We will see if that happens. Uh, let's bring on our guest here. Tired of getting left behind on winning trades? Join Benzinga's free masterclass on July 24th to learn how to spot breakout trades before they skyrocket. Featuring live interactive lessons on how to trade meme stocks, read charts, identify trends, and so much more. To register for free, go to events.benzinga.com. Ryan Craver is the uh, is our retail expert. He's the founder of Commerce Canal. He's been coming on our show for for years now. Uh, usually talks uh, retail, um, but also has other interests. And I'm sure AMC has to be one of them. Ryan, good morning. Um, it's been a while since we spoke. Do you have thoughts on on, on all the AMC stuff? I mean, that, that's that's retail ish. It's consumerish. Yeah, and it, and it has to do with foot traffic to malls. A lot of yeah. the things that we talk about with respect to retail, I, I got to side with Dennis. Okay. I, I mean, it's, can you come up with any valuation? What is the current market cap? Do you have that in front of you, uh, Spencer? Yeah, yeah. We can quickly grab it. Yeah. The current market cap of AMC, because we have a retail analyst on here right now. So let's yeah. just quickly, we we're talking 20, AMC. 20 bill, 20 bill. It's 20 billion right now at this yeah. price? I well, I don't know this very second. Yeah, twenty-one but, billion. Twenty-one billion. Can you yeah. come up with a fundamental thesis to give this a twenty-one billion dollar market cap, Ryan? No way, shape, or form. I mean, some may argue that they've got a lot of long-term leases that are worth some value. They may own some of their buildings. I don't know how many of their buildings they own, but there's no need for additional real estate in the retail world right now, right? Yes, we've we talk about changing malls into gyms and entertainment centers, but there's no real need for that real estate. So I can't see how it can be anywhere close to that valuation. Yeah, I think I think no one's no one's saying that AMC is necessarily going to die, but they're saying it can't be justified. Oh, oh I, th- I think the business is in better shape, a lot better shape with all the shares they've issued yeah. than they were before, but it still doesn't justify a $21 billion market cap. And, and I've been saying for the past couple of days, right, the studios the, 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 the studios have all the leverage here, right, because now a lot of them have their own distribution, right, Disney+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, etc. So uh, Amazon, right, Netflix, um, 
So the studio, the theaters have no leverage in this situation. It's not, not a good spot to be in. Uh, Can Rob, I give a quick comment here? Also, yeah, don't forget, I mean, Cinemark. How high has Cinemark gone on this? I don't, yeah, let's take a it's look. It's gone at nowhere. It. Nowhere. That's how you know the valuation isn't there. It's going straight down, to be honest with you. CNK is $17 here now. So it's it's actually been going straight down for the last month and a half from 25 to 17. What's the market cap on Cinemark? Sorry, Ryan, we're going to give you extra time for this because we're just carrying this conversation. <laughs> we'll get and we love it. having Ryan on. To get to, uh, yeah, it's $2 billion. I mean, Cinemark's worth $2 billion. So AMC, 10 times more than yeah. Cinemark. Um, Top okay. valuation. Okay. Uh, Ryan came on our show on February 27th, 2019. Let me pull up a chart of what I'm going to talk about here. Stamps.com. Okay. That huge gap down right there, right where my mouse is. Ryan came on our show like the, ne- like, like the next day or like three days later. Okay. I'm going to play now what he said when he came on. I hope you can hear it. I think you can. Um, and then I think Stamps.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Let's talk about that one. Well, let's that, that news was so overdone. So, so, so overdone. Um, I, you know, I, they why? have on the why? Why was it overdone? I mean, I know the price action is, but you know, what, what do you have to refute what the, what the street's saying about the stock? Yeah. So the, the back end of all these brands that we support or represent is using stamps.com every single day to, to purchase, uh, you know, USPS priority mail delivery packages through an API or a, a provider that is essentially a monopoly in the world of the USPS or the Postal Service. So that spend is not going to go away. Now, because they aren't going to be exclusive, you know, they've obviously taken down their EPS share uh, earnings for the, the following year, and we will see a decline in that, but it's not going to go away. And then I think longer term, if they're going to start offering Amazon as a shipping choice, UPS, FedEx, and they're building their moat, uh, they're going to be in a much better place. So I actually pick some up below 100 because I'm a long-term believer and I continue to see how much spend flows through them. All right. That was two and a half years ago. Uh, Stamps is getting taken profit here for $330 a share in cash. Toma Bravo. Ryan Craver, well done. Did you hold those shares? The one under a hundred? You know, I I gotta replay this replay for my wife so she can understand that I truly am a patient individual. Um, I I didn't hold all of it. Oh, I, I did you, not. You held some. <laughs> I did good. hold some, but I well, that's good. All of it. Um, you know, look, uh, a couple of people actually reached out to me post that. Um, news that came out and I told him, look, you know, the, the worst thing that could happen is the deal falls apart. So I'd take your gains now. I mean, they are killing it. Every single brand we represent still to this day, uses them for USPS and now UPS to a greater degree. So kudos to them for going private and, and being able to come up with a number that works. I, I think there's a lot of people that made some good money by holding in this because this is part of that whole war chest or that e-commerce toolkit that we talk about that brings up the names like Facebook and Shopify and UPS. So stamps is gone. Um, I wish we, we could have held it longer term and I wish I held a lot more. Well, kudos to you because uh, that was after the first gap down. There was a second gap down too, uh, a couple yeah. months later. 
So, and so Kudo was some pain in this for a while. You were wrong in this for a while, but you ended up being right, Ryan. So nice job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> What's the next stamps.com? What's the next stock you can take over? That's what we want to know. Yeah. Uh, good question. I mean, so uh, the difficulty we have is, is if you look at the Kohl's, the JWNs, the Nordstrom's, the Walmarts, um, you know, all those names, the even the Macy's, all these guys have been trading sideways for quite a while. You even move over to the TJ Maxx's, the Ross's, those guys, they've been trading sideways for a long, long time. I think the market's trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen with retail in Q4 as we come up. The macro themes are it's costing too much in logistics. We don't have enough goods coming in. Um, there is some sort of inflation that's going to be built into the pricing of these products. So it just pushes me back to the, the fast movers. The fast movers are the same names we always talk about. It's Costco. It's Amazon. It's Lululemon. Those names are the names that continue to perform, continue to do a heck of a lot more uh, than the normal e-commerce providers. Problem is, is the market's priced a lot of that in and they, they you know, have they, they've been trading at a premium for quite some time. You also then deviate your eyes to, you know, the Walmart versus Target saga. Target is kicking Walmart's ass. It lagged them in um, forward valuation for a long, long time, but Target has done a incredible job on digital and walmart played that mark lore diapers.com digital bonobos buyout all these various brands that they built up and he didn't really create much value in the e-commerce world you know you say wow they're growing their e-commerce at 35 percent but that compares to amazon at 50 percent which is you know a heck of a lot larger so i don't have a stamps.com but if i am Taking a step back and looking at the themes, it's where all the money's been going. 40 plus percent of the growth in e-commerce, Amazon. You move outside of Amazon and it's big, bad Shopify. That is where the majority of these brands are selling. That is where a majority of the sales are shifting to. Those are the players. I mean, Shopify just been an incredible stock. I mean, the valuation is scary here too, but does this have the potential to eventually grow into this valuation? The company is growing like crazy. They're the only they're the only one that every single brand of ours ever even brings up when they're thinking about their website. So the question for them is what's the next catalyst for them to grow? There's one, I think they're gonna move hard into advertising. And if they move it hard into advertising, it's going to be a Facebook-like story, right? They have all these captive merchants that they can push ads on. And then the second thing, which I think is going to be a hell of a lot harder and something they probably shouldn't do, is go into fulfillment because then they're challenging Amazon, right? Um, I think the advertising they're going to go after, how quickly – I don't really know because they're still living off the sub subscriber growth and the merchant growth that they're already going with. When they do start to talk about advertising, I think that's the next significant inflection point. And theoretically, if they ever get any competition, which hasn't happened yet. I mean, they've got Adobe with their offering, but it's okay. nowhere near as compelling. Um, and it's not one that people talk about. It's also not where the developers are. Yeah. So... 
you don't have the ecosystem, you're not going to grow. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, just because someone mentioned it in chat. Yes, uh, Spoo's are rising right now. Powell's comments are out. Powell's testimony is out. He's testifying. Do, do we know what he said? Uh, we know what he said. He said a lot of things. Let's go to the news feed here, Menzinger Pro. Uh, we did have a PPI number that came in a little higher than estimates. Uh, let me did just, he say it was transitory? Let me do a spy search in the news feed. Uh, housing balance sheets are strong. Business borrowing has declined. Supply constraints tied to reopening are weighing on the economy. Uh, banks are resilient. Uh, financial stability level is generally solid. Expect strong job growth in the coming months. Uh, more of the same. More of the same. Um, and 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 there will be more of this, you know, throughout the day when he's actually speaking. But his his remarks, his prepared remarks, are out. Right? So market's moving off that. Um, Ryan, let, let's talk about inflation effects in the retail yes. sector because yeah. you have, you know, obviously product inflation happening here and. Do the retailers just pass this right through to the consumer? Do they have to eat some of this? You know, how, how is inflation going to impact a lot of the, the retail stocks? Great question. Great question. Um, so we represent brands that are small, and we represent some big brands that are massive. The New Balances, the Hanes. Um, we've got Fruit of a Loom. I don't have one client that hasn't passed on price increases already or has them planned for Q4. They are trying to push the majority of these price increases either to the retailers or directly to the customers, which if they pass it to the retailer, you know Amazon, if they see a dollar increase in their cost, they're gonna increase it, say $2. So I think the majority of this inflation is gonna make its way to the consumer. What does that mean? Does that mean the consumer is just going to consume less or do they just find the money somewhere via the Fed <laughs> or find find the money you know, to continue to consume what they were consuming in the past? I mean, as prices go up, not everybody's wages are keeping up with, you know, if this inflation rate really starts to go and, you know, it seems like it is right now, wages may not keep up. Does that, you know, equal trouble for the consumer and does that equal trouble for the retailers? I don't think it, it equals trouble for the consumer as early as Q4. I think next year is when it may start to happen, right? Because if you think about the disposable income that everyone's had, they haven't spent a large portion of it because they've been not spending on services and everything else. Yes, that started to open up, but they do have some spend that they can use for this year. I think as Q as we move into Q1, we see no increase in wages. I think those that have a lot less disposable disposable income, we, we, we will see an impact in terms of how much they're buying. But I think we're in the clear for Q3, Q4. I think Q3 is going to be a massive uh, year-over-year growth for our e-commerce businesses because we never truly had a back-to-school last year. And I think that's going to bring a very big number. And then I think Q4, other than the fact that uh, you know, Prime Day ran last year in October. I think it's going to be huge for e-commerce. I think it's going to be a very, very big gift-giving season. Um, not, not, not for you, Dennis. No, no Prime Day in Canada. <laughs> not, not for you. <laughs> I don't get that. For the rest, well, well if, if you if you check your email, maybe maybe I don't check my email enough. <laughs> I missed the donuts. Somebody stole the donuts out of my email. Um, I'm so upset about the donuts. Ryan, gotta ask you about these mall-based retailers here because they've all come running so far, and I don't understand it. Can you help me understand whether it's 
don't know. I can look at Abercrombie and Fitch. I can look at American Eagle. I can look at Express, which you know, sort of a, a viral stock. But uh, let me zoom out on this Abercrombie and Fitch chart. So give some perspective here. I mean, uh, L Brand. Look, L- look at L Brands. Did you see L Brands? Look at this thing. I mean, it's craziness, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, special specialty retail has gone wild. I mean, we talked about the department stores being, you know, in this range bound trade. Um, we talked about the mask guys, Walmart range, uh, Target up because they're over overdoing itself. But specialty, anyone in specialty, it's it's at a crazy rebound. I, I think you know if you're going to play it, play it through Q4, but then get the hell out. The same exact issues remain people are moving more and more to marketplaces amazon's getting the majority of the share everyone is going to e-commerce and these guys aren't performing nearly as well um on a much less profitable channel so i can't i can't see how this goes well now those that are grooming themselves faster shutting down stores faster than than others they are going to likely do a little bit better. They're, they're ripping the Band-Aid as opposed to slowly taking the Band-Aid off. Um, so those guys might do a little bit better. But Well, that was what I was going to ask you because they all – basically all their hands were forced last year, right, to go online. So who – like of, of the specialty retailers, who is best positioned in that regard because they all sort of were forced to do it? Yeah. Um, so a company that I really, really like even though – their numbers aren't nearly as great as we'd like to see them. Dick's Dick's sporting goods continues to do really, really well in terms of monitoring their business and layering up and layering down as they need to. They're also very, very strong in offering non-branded goods that are their own private label brands. And that's where the money's made in retail. The Kirkland signatures at Costco, the Macy's brands, that's where you make your real money. You don't make your money in the Nike brand or the Adidas brand. Yes, you do in sales, but you don't make your profit there. Dix, I'm a big fan of. Okay. Uh, question from the chat. Someone wants to know about Wayfair. We haven't talked about Wayfair for a while. On this, oh. wait, you know, wait, wait, so- wait, wait. Why do you, why do you go, ah? Oh. I just I so I, I personally have it um, in okay. full disclosure. I put them in a bucket that I'm I'm a completely intrigued by, and I'm not sure what's gone wrong. So I put them, Alibaba, and Kupang there. Um, those are three names that I think the story's there. The market just hasn't given them any favors. Wayfair in you know a year ago, maybe even two years ago, actually. They were in a position that Amazon and Jeff Bezos was in five, six, seven years ago, where they could do no harm as long as they put up 60% growth rates and zero profitability, they continued to trade higher. Wayfair is just kind of stuck right here. Um, I think what the market might be saying is, is they need a story over and above what they've already given, right? So we know that they're the home goods retailer, um, but what's next? Is international going to drive? So are they going to get serious about Canada and Mexico and the UK? Are they going to expand outside of home, right? Are they going to take on other classifications or product groups? Um, or are they going to be like an Amazon and empower sellers to, to bring their own goods on and do advertising? So I think Wayfair needs a new story. It's not there right now, but I'm a big believer longer term. Ryan Craver has been on with us. He is the founder of Commerce Canal. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan M. Craver. 
And uh, we always appreciate your time and your thoughts and your insights. And uh, we'll be sure to get you back on maybe next quarter when the retailers all, all after they all report, you can show us, uh, you know, the lay of the land after that. But always appreciate your time, Ryan. You got some great insights as always. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, guys. Ryan. Yeah, you too. Um, all right. Yeah, that guy knows his stuff. Um, retail I, on the sure. retail. He is smart yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, name dropping Kirkland brand. We all, who doesn't like, frankly, who doesn't like Kirkland brand, right? I think everybody, I have Kirkland brand. I think so. Everybody likes Kirkland brand, right? Yeah, it's, good, it's cheap and it's, it looks nice. It's good stuff. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. It's 855. You got five minutes left. Um, we'll do some ticker time. Uh, um, we were asked for a couple of days now about Oatly. Dennis, I don't know if you have thoughts on uh, OTLY, recent IPO. Uh, so not much price history. I haven't even looked at it. So first time looking at it here. Okay. Oh, it's been out there for a while. I got to add that to my system. Uh, well, I mean, what does this come? I don't even know what they do. Yeah, you do. What so is it? It's in the name Oatly. They do oat milk. Oh, oat milk. Yeah. <laughs> I, how'd I miss this one on the IPO? So what is this know. like? This is like the beyond meat of hamburgers. This is the the, the beyond meat of milk. We don't have to drink milk that's, from a cow. That's, You're that's drinking. one way of looking at Hasn't it. Hasn't that always been there? Almond milk and you know all these other different types of milks that don't people don't want to drink milk from a cow. That's Ooh. an interesting way of looking at it. It's the beyond meat of, of milk. It's, the it's, beyond meat of milk. So I haven't even heard of this, but I just you know, come up with that in the last 10 seconds. It's not bad. But 20 bucks. That's all that matters. It's the only level I can give you. It's actually where it is right now. There is massive support down here at 20. The 1999 low from day one on May 20th. That absolutely oh. needs to hold. If it doesn't hold, Katie bar the door. When stocks are making new all-time lows, you got to go. So you can play for a bounce and say, I think down here the first time it's going to bounce, there is a probability that it might. Uh, but if it takes that out, it starts trading 1950, I would absolutely stop myself out and move on because I never – like owning a stock, making a new all-time low. Let's keep your mind on uh, the IPO price, which was $17, and the opening price, which was $22.12. So we are below the open, but we are still above that IPO price. A lot of supply is 17 and they're still probably locked up. But keep that on your radar. 17 is an important number in this one. Uh, what else we want to get to from the chat? We'll do a couple minutes of ticker time, and then... Uh, I'll bring, I'll bring Mitch on. Oh, I didn't even talk about um, CMP today, Compass, which is your big mover. Uh, I guess they, they, they found some uh, lithium deposits, I think, in the ground is what happened. Yeah, they found, they found 2.4 million metric tons of sustainable lithium uh, in the ground. So CMP is your big mover of the morning here. Uh, Pot, I expect, will continue to move today. Schumer's got a press conference. I'm not sure what time uh, he's going to uh, un- unveil his, his, his a draft of, of his plan. Uh, there were several reports about what is and is not in, in, in Schumer's plan. I, I saw there was nothing about interstate travel, but he addressed uh, banking and he addressed um, – um, yeah, I mean, I think banking is probably the big thing, and and exchanges, right? Well, what they are and aren't allowed to do. So, um, I expect pot will keep moving today. It moved yesterday. I would expect it to continue to move today because it'll be all over the news uh, whenever he's speaking. Um, so, pot's on my radar today as well. Um, let's go. Let's grab one. There's we like twenty. I mean, we haven't looked at. Oh, let's look at. All right, let's look at Nike. We haven't looked at Nike for a while. Take a look at Nike. Just do it. Wow. Yeah. What a stock. 
the gap and go from the report, meaning, you know, we gapped up 15 bucks and then we attacked on another 11 points afterwards. Wow. Stock just does not want to go down. Stocks making new all-time highs are always fun to own when they keep breaking out. This looks like, like it's just three days of consolidation and actually looks like it's ready to break out again. So if it gets up there above 162 and a half, this is a breakout that has been working. Um, then obviously sky's open. So you start thinking about one, if it gets through 162 and a half, you think 165. Just like the Kenny Glick, get through 165, you start thinking 170, and you start you keep yeah. moving up your stops as you go. Is it overextended? Yes, but it's paused and it's trying to digest the recent moves. So I think it's a healthy consolidation the last three days. I actually like it here. Uh, here's one that I think was maybe meant for Ryan, but we can ask it now. What about Canada Goose? I, mean, like the Can- I haven't looked at Canada Goose for a while. You see my tweets on the weekend? With, uh, you should show that tweet for Canada Goose if you go find go to my Twitter right. account. But right. just uh, I was taking my kids to the, uh, the to the public beach there, the park, and it's not even that beach isn't nice because the geese just dominate it. That'd be like a hundred Canada geese on his goose poop everywhere uh, oh, on the beach. Just just terrible. I mean, these geese, um, you know, up in my area are just everywhere so i have a natural hate on for the canada geese is that yeah. what you're talking about yeah yeah look at them they're all sitting there this is like about maybe 10 minutes from my house and um <laughs> there's a nice play play structure there where the kids play on but you know if the beach was nice they'd go play in the water but nobody even goes to this beach because it's literally just dominated by the canada geese so it's it's in town it's, it's a beautiful beach it's just too many geese poop and goose poop all over so you never see anybody swimming there or doing anything with this beach because the geese just dominate it and what are you supposed to do? You can't even do anything. Well, maybe just everywhere. Maybe if you wore a Canada Goose jacket, show them who's boss. Maybe. Uh, maybe they'd get scared away, but then they still leave their poop everywhere. And so. just assert, assert your dominance. Uh, uh, like I walked over to the kids, and all I'm saying to the kids is, watch your step. Don't step in the poop. Don't step in the... It's everywhere. And there's pee, goose poop, pee. It's just sick. Yeah, great. So anyways, this is anyway. you know the rare Canada Goose. They're just everywhere. <laughs> Those things are just, I mean, everywhere. Uh, stock. Quiet. I don't know, kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's been hanging out here. It's usually a seasonal play yep. because who is wearing, you know, you know, goose coats right now in the summertime? Uh, yeah. So believe it or not, if you look back, I don't know if, it's, if the stats are there, but I know seasonality does play a factor here. We ran up in 2018 in the winter. 2019, we didn't so much. Uh, actually, I guess 2019. No, nah, it was kind of a weak 2019. So I guess the seasonality. You'd think it'd be a seasonality play, but maybe it's not the case. 2020, we did, though. Um, at the end of 2020, we ran up nicely there. So I don't know. Maybe the weather starts to cool off. Maybe we start thinking about the stock again. But it's kind of just been hanging out for the last three months doing nothing. Okay. All right, Dennis. That'll be a wrap uh, for you. We will see you tomorrow morning. Good luck today. And, um, yeah. We'll see you tomorrow. I just saw an Oatly headline come across from CNBC that they were accused is of overstating their revenue. Oh, Spruce Point is out. Spruce Point is out on Oatly. Wait, O-T-L-Y? That just, ha- that just happened. I think. Let's go to newsfeed. O-T-L-Y. Oh, you can't see my screen. O-T-L-Y? Yeah, we don't have it. Uh, in pro, but I, I just saw it out. Spruce point out negative on Oatly. Okay. So that's going to be a drag on Oatly today. Whoever was asking about that. Sorry. Um, let's get, we'll have Money Mitch on in, in a few minutes, uh, but I figured we would just, we would just hang out into the open, you know, into David Green at least. So here's my movers tool looking at what's up, what's down today. You can see CMP is uh, top of my leaderboard. Uh, Voxel Jet. I'm not sure why VJet is up. I didn't see any news on VJet. 
unless I just missed it. But um, on the loser uh, side of things, GKOS, Glaucos is my number one loser of the day. I do have some filters on. I do filter out some low price stocks. So this is not not the whole universe. Uh, they had uh, they called it downgrade. It's from William Blair this morning. Uh, speaking of downgrades, actually, there was a lot of ratings today. We didn't really talk about that. Let me uh, here. This is for today. So uh, we had uh, on the upgrade front, Raymond James bullish on beauty, uh, upgrading Ulta to outperform, upgrading Estee Lauder to outperform, upgrade or um, yeah, uh, yeah, outperform, strong buy, whatever. Upgrading uh, Sally Beauty SBH uh, to neutral uh, and upgrading new brands to strong buy. Uh, we have a carnival upgrade at Berenberg to neutral. That's not super interesting. Um, look at the downgrades, though. We had some interesting downgrades. Peloton caught a downgrade to neutral from Wedbush. They're asking the question that I think a lot of people are asking. That The same question that Ryan was asking with regards to Wayfair is, uh, and Shopify is, is what's next, right? So they just had the wind at their backs for a year and a half. Um, what What is next? What is the next catalyst for growth? Uh, that's the question uh, Wayne Bush was asking of, of Peloton. The fact that we don't know that uh, was was um, was reason for a downgrade to neutral. So we had that this morning. Um, what else jumps out to me on the downgrade front? That was kind of the big one. A couple of downgrades of Conagra today to neutral. That's interesting. CAG down at B of A and Stiefel. Um And Goldman. Out, speaking of retail... Look at these initiations. Goldman had a note initiating coverage on a bunch of retailers. They're initiating uh, VF Corp, VFC at a sell. Initiating Casper. That's been a rough IPO. Casper at a sell as well. Yeti got a buy. Ralph Lauren got a buy. PVH got a buy. Levi Strauss got a buy. And KTB Contour Brands also got a buy. Uh, So we know Goldman can be very influential um, as far as their ratings are concerned, perhaps the most influential. Um, so they're out bullish on a few retailers and bearish on Casper and VF Corp. Uh, this morning they're neutral on, I don't care about neutral, they're neutral on Capri Gap and Tapestry. If you care, neutral holdings don't do, don't really do it for me. Oh, they're neutral on Canada Goose as well. This was a big note. There must have been like a new analyst over, over there. Um, big note from Goldman Sachs. That's a lot of, a lot of initiations. Okay. Back to the movers tool, back to the chat. Uh, ba ba what I miss. Oh, wait, did I miss a cat downgrade? It's possible. I didn't see it in here. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, OT. That's why I, I don't know. I, I don't know this firm. OTR Global. I, I am not familiar with them. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know how, how I, I don't, I don't think they're very, they're very large. I think they're like a, like a boutique firm. So that's why I kind of just skip right over that one. I don't know. Is cat down today? I don't even really know. Take a look. Uh, no, I mean, not notable firm, I would say. Market won't really care. Um, bah, 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 bah. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about Tesla. I saw this. I saw someone asking, chatted about Tesla. Uh, I mean, we talked Tesla more days than not. I feel like so we didn't get to it today. We, I don't even know. There's always a headline on Tesla. That's the thing about Tesla. There's, there's always ten thousand headlines. Elon Musk, I think, is done testifying, right? Uh, about the Solar City thing. Uh, oh look, we have a confirmed earnings day uh, for. Uh, 10, 12 days from now, which is nice. Uh, by the way, public service announcement. We are going to be uh, streaming um, a lot, not a lot, but se- several of the biggest earnings conference calls 
for the season. So uh, in the afternoons, not in the mornings, but in the in the afternoons when you get companies like Netflix and Apple and Amazon and and Facebook and Microsoft and Tesla and and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, they all report in the afternoons. We're going to be streaming as many of those conference calls as we can right here on on, on this channel. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Mitch, Yo, Spencer, did you see the SPY was down 0.02% yesterday, bro? Oh, it's time to freak out, bro. Hey, I, I, <laughs> I'm forever long. I'm forever. I, I'm long forever. I, yeah, like, I don't think even Spencer stresses. He doesn't even look at his accounts on down days. I don't look at my account. That's true. I don't look at my account. I, 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 I can be uh, – I've seen it. He does it. He doesn't he, – he's not stressing it. Man. I don't even know – like the reason I had to write down in my watch list in pro is because I don't even remember what I owned, right? But <laughs> I had to write it down. Story of life. I had to write down it somewhere else where I was act- actually look at it every day. Like I always say, Spencer, you own it all, bro. You well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't own everything. I don't. Own, I don't really have that much international exposure. I probably should. I had some, and I. They love that quote right there. I'm long and, forever. Yeah, quote of the day, right? There. I mean, being being not being long is a bet against my own future. <laughs> I feel like so. Like, I like, sure, I, I could be bearish and and bet on a crash, and maybe I'll be right one day. But that would, I don't think. I, why would I root for? I don't know. Why would I root for that? I, I don't understand people that are perennially bearish. Like, like what? I understand why you might think there will be a crash, or you might think there for whatever fundamental reasons you come up with. Pick your pick your poison. There's there's a dozen or more. You can look at the debt ceiling. You, you, you know, whatever. Um, I can understand why you would think that, but why would you want it? Is my question. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, uh, Mitch, what what are you watching this morning? Well, I'm going to see if solar starts coming back. You know, we didn't have the best day yesterday. Kind of sideways action, down action. I actually got stopped out of SPWR. Took a small profit in it, but. Just kind of watching to see what's going to happen with solar stocks. I did take one stock that I'm trying to see if it bounces back today. NIU. Um, I'm in that one near 3220s. Um, we'll see if this one could bouncing back. This is kind of a, a solar infrastructure, uh, not solar, a steel infrastructure play. I'm, I'm looking to see if it can come back. You know, it, it's it's one of these days that. I don't think there's one necessary play out there other than let's say if you're looking at the semiconductors, but I think they're a little bit extended. Then you got cannabis on the radar. So maybe we can take a look at some cannabis stocks. Let's see how they're setting up here for the open. Yeah. Cannabis is on my radar today. And I know we had the move yesterday. It was a bit of a sell the news event, but, but again, if we're thinking about story, this is going to be, um, one of your bigger headlines of the day. And Mitch, I don't know if you figured out what time uh, Schumer is speaking. Honestly, but- I'm, I'm trying to do everything to figure that out. Right now, I even went through the Senate agenda. It's not on the Senate agenda. Okay. So um, I think this is going to be a spontaneous uh, conference. So I will be on the alert, I think, just like everybody else. So if you guys see it, alert us. We'll get yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Canopy, uh, you know, you sold off, you know, popped at the open, sold off a little bit throughout the day. I I mean, they all kind of move together, right? Mm -hmm. All these things move together. You can look at ETF. I prefer MSOS, but MJ is larger in terms of assets. You can look at that. Um, I'll tell you one that's off support that I like that when it's gotten recent pushes, it looks good. It's K-E-R-N. When this one's gotten some pushes lately, it's gone a a pretty decent amount. Oh, oh, Kerna. It's just hanging off right there off the 390s. Looks good if it gets that ramp through four dollars today. 
Um, you have some lows, some daily lows on the 8th and the 7th to go off of, 367 low there. Then before that, 364, it held that 370 pretty well. So that's kind of like my line in the sand on the support side. So 20 cent risk, you're looking. I think you could get up there through the fours. Definitely looking to see if it gets up there towards 425 today. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do a quick quick circle up on just some of the things we talked about earlier. So we talked about the banks. How we moved in the pre-market. Um, okay. I mean, we're off the lows across the board, right? Citigroup. Bank America. Oh wow! Look at Citigroup. City. I, I think I think they said something about. I don't Citi. know. If it was, I don't know if it was low on loss reserves or City. City did. I saw like an extra headline. Um, yeah, yeah. Their allowance for credit losses on loans um, is at nineteen point two billion, down from twenty six billion a year ago. So basically, loan loss reserves getting smaller. So they expect um, you know less on the on the loan loss front, and they're stock, stockpiling less cash. Citigroup is up. So the city, we had, we had Wells. Oh, we had Wells as well. Let's look at how's Wells doing. So City is the leader this morning. Very interesting. City is leading Bank, Bank America and Wells. How is Delta hanging out? Oh, man. Quiet. Delta's quiet. Okay. I'm, I'm wondering how the growth stocks start reacting. You know, we've gotten somewhat sideways action now a little bit. Um, so, like, let's say a monster rip was Roku. Um, that's what I'm want. I'm wondering if it can continue up. Does it go through that 450, or do we just start coming back down towards 350s? I think that's an important one to keep on watch, just because of how big it ripped out. And I mean, this is one of the biggest positions in ARKK, which is what Spencer and I pretty much use for growth, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's my barometer. I own the KW, which I so I probably should use the KW, but the KW is a little bit. Uh, the, the KK is a little bit more broad, um, which mm-hmm. is why I look at that. But the KW is one that I actually own. And then uh, what also led this move was the docu move, right? That that big push up in docu. I have I didn't. Yeah, I haven't looked at DocuSign for a couple of days. Um, okay, so, so it, it it stopped going up for the for the moment. Exactly. That's that's why I'm, I'm I'm wondering: does it break supports, or do we just get another lift? Because another lift, I mean, of course, that's what a lot of the growth traders are going to be looking for. So we'll see if these kind of get out of their sideways trend. Uh, someone in chat just dropped PayPal. They they report everybody reports in a couple of weeks. Pay, look oh look at that PayPal. What's the all time high there? I think they uh Square released news recently. What's the all time high? Three oh nine, three oh seven from was two days ago. Three oh nine from February or yeah. Wow, you said there was news on PayPal. I, no, I think Square Square had a, a new a new platform that they were going to be working on. Um, I didn't. Oh oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Didn't Amazon? Not Amazon. Uh, Apple. Um, yeah, okay. This was the headline. It was PayPal and a firm. No, no, it was Apple will all will uh, offer monthly installment plans for Apple Pay, right? So PayPal and a firm. Yeah, I remember seeing that. That was yesterday. So PayPal and a firm. Uh, that was corresponding when they fell to their lows of the day yesterday. Um, Apple doing some uh, pay as you go situation type stuff. So, um, speaking of Apple. This is probably going to be your uh, leader leader of the day. Um, not in terms of percent gains, but in terms of just leading the market, right? Um, we've been talking about how the in, the indexes just keep on keeping on. Uh, breath is poor, right? If you look, um, and if you're watching our At The Close show, Gil Morales was all over this yesterday. Um, a lot of the sectors don't look that great. 
even though you look at the SPY, we're at all-time highs. You look at the Qs, we're at all-time highs. You look at the Dow, pretty sure we're at all-time highs there too, or just off all-time highs. Um, a lot of the sectors don't look nearly as pretty. Uh, I know, or even industries below that, uh, uh, within that. So it's a weird market right now because overall market says all time highs. I think it's great, but I'll look a little bit below the surface and it's not all, not all that great. So interesting situation. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting spot now that we keep going up and up on the queues. The question is, when do we get that big pullback day? Um, I think everyone's trying to pay attention to it. The Oatly. Yeah, just keeping an eye. Spruce Point was out negative. Talked about that ten minutes ago. So, um, keeping an eye on it. It's going to be. Uh, I, you know what? Uh, what we should what we should add here as a caveat is any, anytime we're talking about levels or technicals, te- we always say, but we don't say it enough. Technicals go out the window when there is news. So now you have news. Mm-hmm. You have a news event here. Whatever uh, I think, what Dennis said. He said twenty. That's what he said. He said twenty. Um, twenty looks danger it looks like it's in danger serious danger right now right um so you kind of got to throw that out the window when you got a news event like this maybe look see hope and hope and pray it holds 20 but if it doesn't which looks like it doesn't want to right now you have a a short seller out negative and it's not like this is the like a a darling stock or anything and it's clearly not so and and those are serious pretty uh pretty serious allegations that they overstated their revenue that's pretty serious yeah, that would be pretty serious for sure. Um, definitely keep it on watch. I mean, you know, one of the things is it could do the classic Gill report on their cut and rally. It it could. It very so well. look for the look for the big volume, right? That that strategy yeah. says look for a massive volumes on big support breaks, um, showing you that kind of the bulls are just scooping up that breakdown of support, trying to create that new layer with a lot of volume underneath it and then scoop it right back up. So that's what I'll be looking for. Of course, I'm not the catch and knife type of person. I'll wait to see that volume, but definitely Oatly on radar. Uh, someone asked, what's the news in WB? It's not so much Weibo as much as it is overall China, Alibaba and Tencent trying to work together a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. stuff. So all of China is trading higher today. You can look at the FXI. Uh, you can look at uh, KWeb, which is pure China ETF. They're all trading higher. You can look at Baba, JD, Baidu, whatever. They're all they all kind of trade together, and they all all, all are higher on this headline. You can see it right there, right? Uh, uh, Baba and Tencent are considering opening their ecosystems to one another. With Alibaba considering letting e-commerce customers buy goods with Tencent's WeChat Pay. Um, so you're, you're you're getting a little bit of a buy the dip action. Um, you know, Dennis laid out a trade. I still want no part of any of this, but. Uh, but there's a trade to be had for sure. There's always a trade to be had if you have if you have a stop, uh, if you have a level. So there's always a trade to be had. But long term, still no interest from me. You know what I've not looked at today? Not looked what at have space. You not, today. Looked at? not looked at space today. No bueno. But it is off support. So you, you see, it made that gap that it had when it gapped up. It filled the gap. So let's see if it can come back up. That's that's the only thing that interested me in the SPCE was that gap. And seeing if it could gap fill on the downside and then get back up above that. So that's definitely going to keep on watch. I mean, we, we have, uh, you know, Bezos trying to get on up t- pretty soon. So we'll, we'll pay attention to that. Wait, when is uh, that? That's that's the 20th, which is like the anniversary of the moon landing, I think. Or is yep, that, I think it's 20th or 21st. I'm not sure. It would be, be next Tuesday or Wednesday. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep that on watch. I mean, I think what you could get is maybe like a pullback until that moment. And it could actually help SPCE. I don't know why, but I think it could help. Because at the end of the day, I think you can need to continuously see these space rockets and these kind of tourism space stocks continue to do well. And it actually helps all of them because it just shows that it's a little bit safer and, and potentially could be more into play, more tickets being put out. And, and that kind of thing, I think, is a, is a good positive. But I got a weird stock that I never think I've mentioned in my life. I, okay. Coca-Cola. Well, why is it? That's, that's the opposite of weird, man. That's the most normal stock there is. I never bought in it, though, Spencer. I can be as honest as I can be. I've never bought in Coke. This is um, the most but, like, normal. This is like the stodgiest of stodgy, right, Coke? Yeah, like I, I would never bring this stock up normally. I mean, it's kind of boring, but it doesn't it's look bad I right mean, now. So look at I'm going back uh, a decade here, right? <laughs> and in a decade, we've gone from 27 to 55, like right? Hey, 100 percent gainer, right? <laughs> Yeah, for in, in eleven years, <laughs> in eleven in a dec- decade later, but um, look at Pepsi. Pepsi just had a good pop. Well, Pepsi is a little bit more ho- of a high growth play. Uh, yeah, Pepsi just had a good pop. That's why I was kind of keeping watch on it today. It wasn't yeah. like a long term play, but more long to see if it could get continued momentum from that Pepsi Pepsi play. Um, and then I'll be looking at some consumer defensive plays um today, seeing if they can change around and go into the green. I haven't looked at PG for a second. Um, oh, PG is taking a look. PG is looking good. Speaking of defensive, PG is looking. Yeah, good. that's. I think you could see a rotation go into defenses. I don't. I don't know why, but I just have that feeling. When I have that feeling, not that I'm going to trade off of that feeling, but I'm going to look to see if it gets fulfilled, right? And then we can just kind of go off of that. Okay, it is nine twenty. We'll have David Green hopping on the stream in five minutes uh, to live trade until eleven o'clock. He is uh, making trades every day, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on our channel. You can check out his his group as well, uh, Wall Street Global Trading Academy That'll be followed by Spacks Attack. I know you have a guest today, Mitch. Uh, who's your guest? It's a next gen acquisition. No, it's a merger partner. Yeah, check it out, guys. XOS definitely uh, moving more and deeper and deeper into EV. I mean, some of these are going to be winners. So, what's the SPAC ticker? What's the SPAC? It's NGAC. NGAC. Dun dun dun. Whoa! Oh, we're ten dollars. All right, you're at par. I should have gave you. I should have gave you a quiz and just asked you to guess the price. But I would have said like. Somewhere around there. Um, <laughs> that's Spacks Attack, 11 to noon as always, Monday through Friday, followed by the Power Hour at noon. Get technical back in the saddle. If you don't watch that show, guys, it is definitely our most ridiculous show uh, that we have. Uh, the most, ca- the highest degree of chaos on that show. Yesterday, I was in a meeting and I looked over, and Aaron Bree was doing like leg raises on the show. Uh, that'll be followed by Moon or Bust, our altcoin DeFi show at two o'clock. First trade at three o'clock. The at the close show uh, with me and the special guest at three thirty. Uh, we are airing our latest edition of Scotch Stocks and Sticks at four o'clock. Followed by Penny Lane, who's back. After a couple of week hiatus, Penny Lane is back, right, Mitch? At yeah, five. check it out, guys. It's going to be a fun show. And then that all wrapping up the day is after market therapy at seven o'clock p.m. It's oh, funny, Spencer. They're going to be talking about wedding stocks on Penny Lane. So, wedding, wedding stocks, wedding stocks. What an uh, interesting idea, what, right? What? What's the not? Isn't the not public? 
<laughs> look at look at Spencer already getting ideas. There you go. Not wait a minute. The not we were, we we even took a look at like co- companies like like uh, Macy's, Bed Bath and Beyond, XO we, Group, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of plays that you normally wouldn't think about as being wedding plays, but there's a lot of weddings going on right now, Spencer. It's true. That's true. You you had a sort of you know a halt and then like a line built up, right? Wedding it's, boom. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I, I, I've never thought about that before. I thought the knot was public. I guess, I guess it's not, uh, or the or XO Group. I don't know if they're still public anymore. Um, maybe they're not. But that's what first. Uh, even jewelry, even even jewelry being brought up. So definitely check it out, guys. Penny Lane today, five p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't forget, um, Powell speaking at noon. Uh, his remarks, his prepared remarks, are already out. But he'll get grilled about inflation, I'm sure. So we'll be streaming that here on our channel. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't Pal that's going to speak pot today also. <laughs> oh, did I, did I say that? No, no, just, just someone mentioning it in the chat. Right. If I if I said that, I misspoke. Schumer is obviously introducing the bill. Of course. Pal's we'll be watching for with it. Um, although maybe he partakes. Who knows? All right, guys. That'll be a wrap for this show today. Smash the like button. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. How many likes are we at? Let's take before I hop off. Let's see if we can get to 500 likes. As information. Sorry. Uh, 335? Oh! 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 Hit the like. Come on. Come on. Let's nine, go. Get it up. Get it up. Get it up. 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 Nine dislikes. Jason's in the chat, too. Do, if not for me, just well, do it for me so I don't look bad in front of Jason. That, that That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Um, again, um, I, uh, and I don't say it enough, but the pl- platform that I use throughout the show here on the screen is Benzinga Pro. Pro.Benzinga.com. Free two-week trial. You want a discount uh, uh, promo code? There it is on the screen. YouTube20, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E-2-0. Get 20% off. If you have any questions about Benzinga Pro, you want to talk to a person, like a real live person, email onboarding at Benzinga.com. You can always um, call our office, I suppose. Our office line is, uh, what is it, 313? I I shouldn't say it if I'm not going to get it right. I'm not going to get it right at the top of my head. I don't, I don't remember it. Um, sorry. But anyway, onboarding at Benzinga.com. There's the email up on the screen. All right. David Green should be live. This stream should redirect to David Green. Everyone, good luck at the open. We will see you later. Have a good boom, one. Boom, boom. Stay tuned, guys. We've been putting out some evergreen strategy content. So stay tuned. I'm going to be working on it. We'll see you guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.